the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring being the grace you really are. Fear, separation, and sense of lack tend to characterize a current human condition, a condition we've been born into for generations. In our chaotic and volatile times, never have grace, love, and trust been more needed or more difficult to achieve. Yet, deep in the core of each of us, past our conditioning, belief systems, and false identities, lies our true nature, one of grace and ease. Right action in any moment can only come from this place, and yet, it is the key to our salvation. How can we unbury this gift when generations of conditioning stand between us and it? How can we find the presence of mind to look within when the outside world is so threatening and unpredictable? With us this hour to explore love, grace, and ways to access them is Miranda McPherson. Miranda is the author of Boundless Love and The Way of Grace, The Transforming Power of Ego Relaxation. She's a spiritual teacher and minister who shares an integrated approach to surrender and non-dual realization. Miranda has been guiding others into direct experience of the sacred for 30 years. She's the founder of One Spirit Interfaith Foundation in London, where she trained and ordained over 600 ministers and counselors. Today, Miranda leads the Living Grace Sangha in Northern California. Her website, MirandaMcPherson.com. Miranda, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you, Gwilder. I'm delighted to be here with you. Uh, you're a minister. Where, where were you ordained? I was ordained in New York City. I uh, went through ministry training in my early 20s, and I was ordained at what was then called the New Seminary way, way, way back, almost 30 years ago, and was asked almost immediately after I was ordained by my teacher to set up that training in the United Kingdom because there was no such thing in Europe, no such sort of, uh, you know, interfaith or interspiritual uh, community or ministerial training whatsoever. And um, so I did as my teacher asked and founded that back in, I think, 1996, a long time ago now. Right. So how did you become a spiritual teacher? Well, I don't think anybody really sets out to say, I'm going to become a spiritual teacher. You know, I was just following my own path and very much on fire with it. You know, I had my initial awakening when I was a 13-year-old girl within a period of depression. And so I was engaged in deep spiritual study, meditation, prayer, inner work, psychological work. And one thing just led to another. 
And at a certain point, I thought, oh, I should kind of get a bit more training. <laughs> I'm just following my thread, I think, as we all do. And it was pretty obvious that this is really what I was called to give my life to. And it's just always what turned me on. Anytime an inner door would open in me, automatically I would be just wanting everybody to have access to that. And so I'd often wake up kind of in an inquiry, in a prayer, like, how can I help others experience this too? What's needed? Um, So that's just always what's evolved in me. And so it's led to a life of spiritual service and guiding others as best I can on their path of awakening in many different forms. So you, 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 as a spiritual teacher, you teach from your experience rather than any uh, formal education. Well, I do have some formal education. You know, I went through seminary training, and then I also created a seminary training. So, uh, you know, I was sort of creating spiritual curriculums from the age of 26 for 10 years. And so I was leading others in how to study scripture or the world's uh, wisdom traditions But what I've always most been on fire with is the practical application. I'm a very down-to-earth Australian woman, and I've always been most interested in rubber meets road. What does it actually take for fear and separation and hurt and boredom and disconnection to disappear? Well, isn't that the truth? Where where the rubber hits the road, you know? It's, it's, It's really time to come out of our grandiose ideas and what is practical we haven't got time for for grandiose ideas we need things that work and i'm a woman and i think part of the feminine approach is what actually works you know Mm -hmm. and so that's what's always captured um, my focus and what i've really been studying formally and informally the whole time and i continue to study from other teachers and and also from my own students what actually works and what doesn't what exactly do you mean by grace? I mean, we hear a lot about it, but how, how are you using it? Well, when I say the word grace, I mean much more than a beautiful state that fills our heart with gratitude. What I've discovered is that grace has four primary dimensions or ways that it comes online, actually from within us. So Ramana Mahashi, who is a big inspiration of mine, he's a um, a beautiful Hindu saint that was alive in the early part of the last century, he said that grace is always present. We imagine it somewhere, something somewhere high in the sky, far away that has to descend. But really, grace is inside you, in your heart. And the moment you merge the mind into its source, grace rushes forth, sprouting as if a spring from within you. So it's not only this beautiful word that evokes a sense of beauty that lightens our mood and inspires us. It's really the ground of our being, the unchanging ground of all being that we can relax into and actually receive the support we need to let go of fear and judgment and control and those really tricky features of our ego that every human being has to deal with. It's also the loving goodness that heals us, that nourishes us, that grows us, that brings gifts and blessings into our life that are precisely what we need. And I think everyone who's remotely awake spiritually would be able to look into their life and recognize that it's grace that brought their children to them, that it's grace that somehow guided them to meet the love of their life or connect with a best friend, that we are given gifts and so many more gifts than we typically have our eyes open to and that as we really open up we recognize that we are being blessed and as we receive that it ends the spiritual poverty of lack so where where does grace come from is it is it something that we is it with can i say a little more about grace actually i was going to ask more about grace if that's all right yeah, because I... Okay, so where does it come from? Is it okay. something that's within or do we tap into it from within? Okay, it's both. So grace, because grace is the unchanging ground of all being and the loving goodness that comes upon us, it's also the presence that transforms us, it dances. So in a way, it is the infinite ground of everything is this loving goodness that so it's always there it's always available and it's part of us and we're part of it 
Um, that being the case, why have we become so disconnected from it? Well, it seems to me, and if you study kind of classical spiritual traditions, they all have within their cosmology an understanding that as we come into incarnation as a human being, the first stage of humanness is developing a personality, developing an ego structure. And that in the process of that, we go through what sometimes is called a fall from grace. We lose contact with our essential true nature. And I don't believe this is a mistake because it happens to us all. So I, I just see that it is part of the first stage of a human life, but that it's not that it's not all that life has to be. We can come home, we can reconnect, we can reclaim what has been there all the time and engage with it consciously. And in so doing, we become more transparent to our true nature. We feel the divine presence always here with us. We recognize that all of our experiences have been happening within the divine anyway. And in that process, we become a much more spiritually elegant mature, graceful human being that, you know, shows us that that which is often seen as so lofty is actually the most practical thing in the world. But we really need grace to become more graceful, and especially here in these times that are so lacking in grace, I think. Yeah, and it, it is. It's volatile times. Um, you know, and you mentioned our true nature. We have just about half a minute left. Let's start mm-hmm. talking about what is our true nature. Wow, our true nature is is really primordial pure being itself that manifests like light manifests into different colors, manifests into all these essential qualities, boundless love, joy, pure awareness, peace, strength, clarity, knowledge, knowing, love. These are all the qualities that are part of our true nature. And so the whole point of this work on grace is to bring that back online in our direct experience so we can live it. Mm, Yeah, boy, never a time was it more needed, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what what do you think separates us from our true nature the most? Well, I think there are obvious dense things like, you know, fear, judgment, control, and not knowing how to work with those forces. So in the first part of my book, that's what I'm addressing straight off the bat. So we have to learn not how to just try and bat away fear, judgment. Well, we're going to have to take up on fear, judgment, and control on the other side of a commercial break. Okay. Miranda and I will return shortly, so don't you go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jennings, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, 
haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness, missionevolution.org. For leading-edge evolutionary information, tools, and classes, visit my website, findyourpathhome.com. I am your host, Golda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Miranda McPherson. Her website, mirandamcpherson.com. Miranda, we were getting into the good old fear, judgment, and all that fun stuff. How much does our conditioning, the way we're brought up, guilt, uh, control through guilt and this and that, play into that? Well, a great deal, um, as we all know from our direct experience. But what I'm most interested in is what, what helps us to truly emerge out of these you know, difficult features of our ego that we all have. We can't help it. Our ego does form through our conditioning, but it also forms existentially just through coming into, you know, being human and having a body. It's part of the machinery of like. But what I'm most interested in is what helps us relax out of that. And I use the word relax very deliberately because many people who've been walking the spiritual path turn within and often feel so disappointed that here they go again, you know, fearful thoughts like being on a hamster on a wheel that they can't stop, or they try to meditate, but the mind is so busy, they can't kind of drop into that peaceful condition that we all know, you know, is what we want. Or, you know, controlling habits of tension, you know, come up, or judgmental thoughts about whether it's judgment about ourselves judgment about others and feelings of guilt and shame. All this is stuff that everybody needs as they turn more substantially within. And what I didn't say earlier about grace is that what brings grace alive in our direct experience is some kind of surrender. And so there's a specific kind of surrender that's required as we have to work with the fear, as we work with control. And really what surrender amounts to is not what we tend to think of as surrendering up and over. What I'm teaching people in terms of a methodology is how to surrender in and through these forces so they really start dissolving and we start to regain access to grace as our foundation, the loving goodness as what's here and part of us. And that's So how, how does our current culture, you know, what are the wrenches in the works that uh, our current culture is uh, putting in between us and our grace and our true nature? And how can we overcome those? Well, it's really a practice of ego relaxation that's required. And our present culture is anything but supportive of ego relaxation. For example, the sheer pace of life that we're all living in, I mean, myself included, you know, we're often multitasking. Anytime you're on social media, you're multitasking. Neuroscience has shown us that this is significantly disintegrative to our nervous system. So it doesn't support just relaxing in and down and learning to meet the fear and penetrate deeper into what is it really 
that my fear revolves around. What, who am? Who is this part of me that feels scared like a little child? So what I'm teaching people is how to actually relax out of the mind, how to just be present in their direct experience, in their body, not to try to reach for some evolved state, but just how to let yourself be. Now, this is so simple and so immediate and so direct. It's frankly like taking a vacation from the stress and struggle of your familiar identity. Let's back up. A, let's back up just a little bit. You know, ego is a word that's bantered around a lot. Let's define it the way you're talking about it. Okay, I'm talking about a familiar sense of me that takes itself to be our body, our mind, our thoughts, our narrative. That basically, when you really look at it deeply, is a set of adaptive mechanisms, beliefs, and constructs, and also stress and tension patterns that have become reified into something that kind of feels like our brand. Oh, so we identify with our patterning. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's unconscious, and a lot of it is just patterns of stress and tension. Right? And so ego relaxation is the how of my whole method. It's the how we open to re-experience the grace that is our foundation and retrieve those essential qualities of who we really are. So, so how can we find how can we find the difference between you know our ego and our true nature? How do we how do we start to do that sorting process? Okay, so it's really about learning how to be present in our bodies with our breath and do nothing. Now let me say something about this because it's not a concept. Ego relaxation is an invitation to just be here, undefended, with your direct experience in the here and now, ceasing and desisting any attempt to fix it, transcend it, get over it, do anything with it. Because when you really look at that, even the attempt to try to fix or get over yourself is ego doing. So surrender requires a melting. I liken it to when you have like a hard block of ice, and we all know how that feels, you know, our, our fixed ego kind of patterning, we feel clunky and dense. Uh, we don't feel receptive. We don't feel all these beautiful qualities are so available. We feel like we have to get them from the outside or become them or become worthy of love and so forth. So it's like in the same way that the warmth of the sun will melt the hard block of ice and return it to its original state, which is fluid, clear water. So the practice of ego relaxation, just being here with our direct experience, even fear, control, and judgment, and just learning to soften and open and melt and let ourselves be, is what allows grace to transform us deeper into who we are. So become more of a witness to what's going on around you rather than identified with it. It's not necessarily just witnessing. This is what's unique about my work. It's more that we're contacting from the inside with great love and compassion, you know, what, what we find. And we might inevitably find memories from the past, difficult emotions, fears, feeling vulnerable, feeling uncertain, a lot of thoughts. And the practice is learning to just contact that and let it be. Contact that, let it be. And so we become present and undefended. We naturally start returning to what's been here all the time, what we've been part of all the time. And we so start, how, does, how does this method differ from regular meditation? It sounds pretty similar. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, regular, there's a lot of different kinds of meditation, so if you're talking about mindfulness, mindfulness is more about witnessing. This has more of a felt sense of contacting from the inside. So it includes feeling it in our body, feeling the emotion, as well as witnessing with our awareness what is, but then not, not doing anything to fix it. Now, you know, so basically what this does is it ends the stress and struggle, trying to rearrange and fix ourselves and get somewhere. It actually helps the mind and the familiar identity just relax. And what that feels like is it's a little bit like having a boisterous pet, that when you just be with it kindly, it settles down on your lap and ceases to be such a problem. 
You know, it seems like everything that we have in, in some configuration has a purpose. Is there a purpose for ego? What purpose does it serve? Absolutely. Ego itself is not the enemy. So in a way, when the ego is really relaxed, what we see is it's basically a vehicle for the divine to live in, in, on earth as us. I like to think of it in terms of if I wanted to travel from San Francisco where I live to London where I travel once a year to teach, if I want my clothes to arrive with me, you know, then I need to have a tag on my suitcase. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere, right? It's just going to sit there at the airport. And so our ego is like that. It's a vehicle. It's, it collects our experiences and helps us to function in the world. It's just that we want to get to know who we really are deeper than our fixations and to really become more transparent to our true nature. Then ego isn't so much of a problem. We, we know who we really are deeper than our limiting patterns. So what's the relationship between a person's ego and the need to control? Well, ego, in a way, that is one of its primary features, you know, because our ego is when we believe that we're separate, you know, fear arises. It can't not arise because if you believe that you end with the borders of your body end and that you are your particular beliefs and thought streams, then you will perceive yourself as in danger and the need to control your environment and other people. It just comes with it. So I think of control as like the cousin of fear, if you like. And these are just features that every ego structure has that we all need to learn how to relax out of. It's, it's interesting because, you know, in, in Taekwondo or any martial art, there you're taught not to be in control because it's a rigid stance from which you can't be fluid and move easily. It sounds like you're talking about the um, uh, way of doing this spiritually. Yes. Well, it's all related. And, of course, Taekwondo comes out of Taoism. And so they, um, they called that Wu Wei. So my work has, you know, echoes of that in it. And, of course, many spiritual traditions do. We've all understood that the work is on becoming more fluid, more present, more flexible, so we can become more responsive rather than reactive. And again, you know, coming right back to our times, that's so important right now. Yeah, because everything's changing so rapidly, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very important that more of us learn how to be present and grounded in that which doesn't change so we can open our heart and open our mind to what serves, what's healing helpful. Well, it's time for another break. We'll take, pick up on this on the other side. Miranda and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. We'll be back. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss all the wonderful evolutionary things we have to offer on my school website, findyourpathhome.com. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Miranda McPherson. Her website, mirandamcpherson.com. So how... You, you, you talked about, we've been talking about ego relaxation, but we haven't totally described what it is. Uh, would you uh, mind doing so? Sure. Ego relaxation is simultaneously a transmission. When I say transmission, I mean it's a communication from beyond the mind to like put a pattern interrupt through our whole system. I heard it first in the cave of Sri Ramana Maharshi, and it really opened, stopped my mind and opened me into a whole other reality, and that was be nothing, do nothing, get nothing, become nothing, seek for nothing, relinquish nothing, be as you are, rest in God. Now, our ordinary mind can't understand that, but if we just let it in to our felt sense, you might notice a sense of deep peace as if like an end to the stress and struggle, which it is. It offers us an instantaneous vacation from what I like to call our mego, you know, a familiar sense of me. But it's also a practice for life. It's, it's a how. When we learn how to be here in our direct experience without trying to fix it, get somewhere, become something, effort to fulfill some ideal, then what happens is we become, we live into a state of ego relaxation, which is direct, soft, settled, open, and spontaneously available for a grace deeper than our mind to live our life. And so my okay, so let me, let me back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. How does this relate to mind, heart? Um, you know, it seems like it's all involved in here somehow. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going into re- re- ego relaxation, do you come out of your mind? Do you change yes. your mind? <laughs> what yes. do you do? Well, what happens is, you know, the mind drops into its true master, which is the heart, not just the emotional heart, but that depth of heart that is loving awareness. And it's also in relation to the body, because our body is also a sacred vessel that, you know, is how we move through life. And so there's a felt sense of becoming a lot more awake and present in our somatic experience. And so my work, ego relaxation, is practice in body, in heart, and in mind. So it awakens and vivifies and opens and relaxes our whole being. Very beautiful, actually. You know, there's growing evidence, scientific evidence, that the the heart doesn't pump the blood, it spins it, spirals it through the veins, which spins the red blood cells, and they have iron in the middle, which creates the electromagnetic field around the heart, which creates the electromagnetic field around the body. Every place that crosses any other electromagnetic field, X points are created. So it becomes a connecting point. Is, is Are you using that vehicle? Well, I'm not really talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about the heart of our being. And so, you know, in pretty much every tradition, particularly in uh, Advaita, in mystical Christianity, in Sufism, even in Buddhism, where the focus is so much on metta, loving kindness, you know, it's universally acknowledged that the heart is more than a physical organ. It's really the very center of our consciousness. 
And in a way, it's where the center of gravity wants to be. And when our focus is more present in our bodies and deep in our heart, then our mind opens up into pure perception, pure clarity. The mind then serves the heart. And I like to think that that's right relationship that, you know, is really a reverse of the way that we've been trained to live. You know, we've been all trained in Western culture to kind of headbutt our way through life, to think and direct and lead with the mind. But the better use of mind is service to the heart. And one of the greatest ways that the mind can serve the heart is through the practice of inquiry, which is one of the ways in which ego relaxation takes shape as a practice that supports meditation, but as a distinct practice. So in my book, I'm giving very specific inquiry questions that really help point our attention into that which is always here, into the grace of our being. Okay, so inquiry sets up curiosity. Curiosity opens a closed mind, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It also opens the heart, because if we let our heart become curious, our body become curious, then we sense into a question, for example, a question like, what limits your capacity to trust? And sometimes we might let, as if the question is coming into our heart, certain emotions might arise of feeling vulnerable or feeling scared. If we might let that kind of a question come into our body, we might feel a kind of a shakiness that might have within it memories of things, you know, not feeling so safe in the past. And so as we inquire, practice ego relaxation with inquiry in a question like that, our whole system can open up and decompress out of the past fear, hurt, difficult memory. And then we can inquire into a question like, what's holding you now? So we can bring inquiry into the present moment and deepen into the felt possibility that we are being held by the life-giving oxygen that's here within every breath, that we are being held by everyone who's ever loved us, everyone who's ever been kind to us, that we're being held by celestial beings, you know, beyond our conceptual understanding that are as real as you and I are real to help us in our paths so much. And so this is a big key to what people experience when they come to my work, these really fantastic inquiry questions that really guide us into direct experience. So what's the difference between ego and identity? Okay, well, we have an ego identity and um, our, our ego, if we sort of before it's gotten structured into a personality, is that basic sense of separation, taking the borders of our body to be what we are, and, you know, taking the the sense of, yeah, of, of separation to be what we are. But it gets structured into an identity narrative, a story. And this happens to us all, but it, it has a kind of a tone to it, a feel to it, and beliefs like, I'm not good enough, or I'm unlovable. And these things develop over time in relationship to what we go through in the first five years or so of our life. And then what becomes our brand, our kind of, you know, cracked glasses that we're wearing that we don't even necessarily know we're wearing, but that we're looking out through life from throughout a pair of cracked glasses. And of course, what we're seeing isn't objective, it's distorted based on our narrative, our identification. So you speak of unity. Let's go into unity a little bit. Does the ego stand between us and unity with ourselves? Well, yes, in a certain way, because if you think of the ego structure, it's like we're looking out through a pair of cracked glasses. And so there's a big chunk of my book where we talk about unwinding your core ego identity, not just fear, judgment, control, but the very particular structure of self. And once we go through that, then we can start exploring what else is here. What's it like when these cracked glasses just fall off us? And so what we see is that who you and I really, who we really are, is like an eye of God. I am. <laughs> and this has no inflation, no grandiosity to it. We experience that we are in and part of the divine that we can never be separate, just like a sunbeam can never be separate from the sun. It's an extension of the sun. And so when we start experiencing who we are, it's like the curtains of our consciousness open, and we experience 
that we are in and part of everything, just like a wave is not is part of the ocean. It's arising out of the ocean. You know, it's and it, you know, it, it would appear that <clears throat> sense of unity is is so desperately needed now, because mm-hmm. if we have that sense of unity, we're destroying ourselves if we destroy the planet or each other. Same is way. it is it necessary to become more unified within before we can really access it unified without? I absolutely agree that that's the case. Yes, and this is why what seems to be so mystical is so relevant and so practical, because the effect of really getting to know who we are underneath our dusty old garments and conditioning brings not only a sense of beauty and freedom and liberation and joy and love and not to mention relief, but it recognizes that we are inherently connected to everything and everyone. And so what naturally happens is we start feeling not only unified but loving. We see everything and everyone as precious, as worthwhile, as beautiful And that leads us naturally to treat everything and everyone with reverence, to be kinder and more impeccable and compassionate and to be interested in, you know, how we could help one another, how we could serve one another. And And you you really can't get there from fear, can you? Not remotely. Well, fear has to melt in order for us to experience that love, that unity and the, the, the noble qualities that start springing forth that make us deeper and wiser and more beautiful human beings that really show up in our behavior. And yet we've been conditioned to fear for generations. I mean, isn't that kind of taking up space in our DNA, if you will? Very much. And that's why we can't jump over that conditioning. We have to understand it, compassionately meet it, to see where it comes from. And and then a natural forgiveness and a dissolving of those things happen. You know, so that's why I think the path, any path, has to include deep compassion and forgiveness for our ego structure and our ancestors and what we've what, what's made us patterned and fixed, as well as not just stop at soothing ourselves, to really be interested in getting to know who we truly are. So we get out from beyond our default mode network and its patterns, and we start to really get to know who I am. Well, we're going to have to take another break and pick up on who we really are on the other side of it. Miranda and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the Exxon is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. 
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. You can email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our special guest this hour is Miranda McPherson. Her website, mirandamcpherson.com. Miranda, most everyone suffers from a sense of lack from time to time. But mm-hmm. it seems to be a growing condition. What causes this sense of lack? Well, whenever we fall out of the state of unity into experiencing ourselves as separation, and that forms into a personality, the, so the actual experience of separation feels like I don't have, because what we're falling out of is all of our essential qualities. So it feels like I don't have the love I need. I don't have the strength I need. I don't have the peace I need. I don't have the clarity I need. And, of course, that's a very agitated and scary situation. And so then we start to sort of try to grab those, try to get those experiences back, but from the outside. And so that's the human condition, really. You know, we're behaving like thirsty fish, you know, frantically swimming around saying, hey, I'm really thirsty, but we're looking in all the wrong places. So, you know, that sense of lack we usually experience as a felt sense of I'm not good enough. And do, you think, this, do you think it's perpetuated by the consumer-driven um, systems okay. so that we feel that? Oh, yeah. Well, we're really objectifying ourselves, and we don't know it. And, of course, our culture, you know, advertising and all of that, it's basically saying to us, do more, get more, become more, buy more, then you won't feel this lack. <laughs> <laughs> Exploitive much? Yeah, but yeah. it's just it's just the consciousness of ego doing what it does. That's its that's its mantra. Try harder, get more, earn more, get the right partner, lose the twenty pounds, then you'll feel the peace, the joy, the happiness. But you know, if you've been around for a while and tried that for long enough, you start to see it's kind of empty. It doesn't quite do it, and so that keeps us like a hamster on a wheel, trying, pushing, and there's no rest there. So we have to cut through it with spiritual practice that helps us to really, that's why ego relaxation is so practical, so powerful, because it cuts right through the middle of that. It says, no, be here as you are with your experience, whatever it is, even if you don't like it, and just soften, open, allow, let a settling happen. That is how we realize, oh, everything I've been seeking is always here because it's part of me. You know, you speak of spiritual poverty. What do you mean by that? Well, it is what the, the felt sense of lack feels like. We feel impoverished. We feel like we don't have all these things we really need. And so we, we feel impoverished. We feel dry. We feel disconnected. You know, uh, another thing that you talk about is inspired action. At the same time, you talk about doing nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm glad you asked this. You see... You know, ego relaxation, you know, being here and relaxing our ego strategies doesn't necessarily mean we behave like a couch potato. It really means that we relax the ego's way of doing things, the gripping, the tensing, the pushing, the struggling, the leading from the mind, 
we learn to relax first and then we learn to just ask what's needed now what's wise action in this moment right and if we learn to practice that in and amidst the ordinariness of our life what's possible is to really feel this whole other graceful way of being that is a lot clearer a lot kinder a lot more compassionate and has access to wisdom that is not necessarily coming from our ordinary mind. And honestly, this is very practical. I have learned to live my life this way, and it has really stunned me as to how intelligent that is. I mean, I have learned to do things that I never thought were possible um, living that way. And so, you know, it seems it seems that there's this 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 um, confusion. I think all mm-hmm. of us suffer at some point as we're trying to do this more. Um, there's a difference between uh, true promptings and our triggers from our damage. Yes. How can we start to tell the difference there? Okay, I'll make this really simple. Promptings from our past will have stress and tension in them, either physical, emotional, or mental. Grace, the wisdom, the true guidance. its hallmark is loving, peaceful awareness. And so it doesn't come up through that tension pattern. It just has this peaceful, loving, and it also loving towards everything and everyone. And there's a felt sense of clarity to it. And if ever we're unsure and we can't tell the difference, then it's always good to run it through these gates. Is this fundamentally non-harming to anyone? Is this coming from unity that loves and cares about everything and everyone. That will flush out whether it's ego posing as guidance or whether it's true wisdom. You know, it seems like the uh, even in parenting, um, we're still passing down through the seventh generation, the fears of our ancestors thinking that's just the way to parent. It's so deeply ingrained. How can we start unraveling that? Well, at first, I think we have to bring presence and compassion to the things we've inherited from our ancestors. They couldn't help but pass it along, and they probably didn't have anywhere near like the resources like that we have now, you know, being able to read books like this, listen to a radio dialogue like this. We are so incredibly blessed that we have access to possibilities for doing it another way. And yet we've all received so many impressions, you know, you know, I'll give you something to cry about or you know, stuff like that, the things that were said to us and things that were yeah, said to us. Yeah, where we're channeling our parents, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's where we need a lot of compassion and forgiveness for ourselves, for our ancestors, but also deeper presence so we can relax out of that and, you know, basically listen to what's really needed. What does our child really need from us in this moment? Now, we understand from our own experience, if we're in touch, you know, that all children need love. And they're happy when we're present and we're really there with them and we're not caught up in our minds. And because that always feels good when anyone's really present, they're really listening. That feels like love. It is. So, you know, just one simple takeaway, that's what I would say. So let's go back to true nature a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, True nature sounds kind of fixed. Does it evolve? Sure, it evolves, just like when we look out the window. Right now I'm looking out the window and I'm looking at just trees and nature, and it's not manicured, I'm just looking out at nature doing her thing. It's constantly evolving, and so are we. So true nature is fundamentally, you know, that which is, but it's also evolving and unfolding, you know, extending more of itself into life. And so there's no end to how much truth, beauty, clarity, these noble qualities of our true nature can embody themselves deeper into our life in terms of the way we relate, you know, how we go about our ordinary business. Um, so it's both. It's both that which never changes and that which is constantly changing and unfolding and transforming. So how can we surf those currents? How can we be fixed and non-fixed at the same time in order to evolve as individuals? Well, I think it comes back to practicing ego relaxation, which is here in this moment. Could we just feel our feet on the ground? Could we just butterfly our knees a little bit, just drop down into the direct, immediate felt sense of here, now, this? Could we take a few breaths towards our heart and be interested in what's really important, which we all know is love? And could we be curious rather than judgmental? about what life is asking of us in this moment. 
what that to-do list is today and what's truly important. Could we pick up that phone call and speak to our colleague or our mother or whoever it is we need to speak to today from that depth of being, letting our action, our words be grounded in that which never changes while we greet the immensity of the change and transformation that we're going through both personally and collectively at this time. Oh, yes. I created this because so many of my students have been grappling, I think, as a lot of us have, with very difficult, strong feelings about what's going on and how to really relate to that without losing your peace or ducking your head in the sand. And so I actually lead the, the viewer through a little practice about how to be grounded and present in that which doesn't change while we open our heart to everything that is and be curious about how we respond to it in a way that is helpful and noble and graceful today. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it's important that we put our attention there so that we don't just get caught in hating the hateful, judging the judgment and participating in more duality. I think every single one of us is needed right now well, we have just a few seconds left. I have one more question I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. And as, as a former member of the media in Australia, how do you see the current news media in the United States? Oh, gosh, that's a huge question. I think there's a lot of different things going on. There's a lot of polarization, but I also think that there is some really wonderful journalism, people who are really trying their best to, you know, let the truth come out and be seen and heard. Um, but again, we have a huge polarity. I mean, you're living in a very different reality if you watch Fox News than if you read the New York Times, right? So I think we, it's up to all of us to become discriminating. It, it is up to, I'm afraid, as always, time's flown. And Miranda, now we're out of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Our guest this hour has been Miranda McPherson, author of The Way of Grace, The Transforming Power of Ego Relaxation. Her website, MirandaMcPherson.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at MissionEvolution.org. Check out the great offerings to support your path to enlightenment on the school website, FindYourPathHome.com. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. 
interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.